the only thing was the UCT. Like UCT was so tough. That was like my one challenge. Like every day that I was at UCT, I always literally thought, like, am I going to complete this degree? Like mechatronics is basically like a combination of mechanical engineering and electrical engineering. So think of like any system nowadays, like robotics, for example, that the workload was insane. In Saudi Arabia, like for example, they don't really prioritize education for women as much. So in most of my classes, I was the only girl. Oh, so I was like, nah, I need to leave SA. Wanna... And obviously the, way to, the easiest way to leave SA is obviously to go to another degree somewhere else. Like with a mechatronics engineering degree, you can pretty much go into sort of any direction that you really want to. I literally remember him looking at me and said, oh, you're the only girl, I'll give you the easiest one. My therapist was really saying was that you need community to survive. And ever since then, it's, I've always made sure that I have community around me. Because once I went to group therapy, I realized that like, yeah, it's, I'm not the only one struggling or feeling this way. I would love to go back. It's just, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, things aren't that great in South Africa, but like politics wise, load shedding, currency, economy, etc., etc. I mean, I, I do recognize that I'm saying this from a you know, position of privilege that I get to choose where I want to, what struggles I want to deal with. And yeah, but unfortunately, I wish things were better for South Africa. Welcome to the TutorX podcast, your go-to source of educational insights and performance strategies in academia. I'm your host, Rebecca Ino, and today promises to be an enlightening journey as we sit down with Trailblazer of Megatronics and Systems Design. I'm thrilled to introduce our distinguished guest, Athira Miller, currently on the path to a master's degree in systems design with specialization in mechatronic systems at Corinthia University of Applied Sciences. She will bring a wealth of knowledge and experience that extends beyond the classroom, making her a true standout in her field and a genuine citizen of the world. Now, Athira Miller, welcome to the Turex podcast. Now, Again, I mentioned this before we started recording that I looked at your CV and I was like, what am I even doing with my life? Bro? Like, you've done too much. You've, you've made my life so difficult because usually, like I said, it's, hi, welcome to the show. Today I have Simpiwe from Vuselila College and he did maths. Yay. And I'm done. Now I have to like go through like eight pages of like CV. Like I was, Top of my class in Cyprus. It's like, Cyprus? Where, isn't that where Othello was? Like, what is going on, bro? So, I mean, welcome to the Drex podcast. Um, just to give, like, people a bit of context, you and I do know each other from previous life. So, it's very, very great to catch up. And thank you for... No, like, I'm glad to actually be on here. It's haven't seen you or heard from you from a while, for a while. So, it's kind of great to just catch up and talk, see how things are going in each other's lives. Yeah. Alrighty. So, very first question. It always has to start from the grassroots, the foundation, childhood. Are there any experiences, influences, just anything from your childhood that you believe, say, John, the foundation 
to be interested in engineering and megatronics? Um, so ever since I was a child, I actually really, really liked the science. Like I didn't know that I was going to be an engineer per se, specifically, but science was something that I always really loved. Like I spent a lot of my childhood just reading and I remember, um, my dad actually bought me like a bunch of like encyclopedias and he even bought me this book, like, um, a hundred science experiments for like kids and stuff and i would literally spend as much time as i could just reading encyclopedias and doing this like experiments so i've always been interested in science what what age was this when like you actually started jumping into uh, how old was i eight nine yeah seven something as soon as i could read <laughs> i'm just like me and a friend of mine have this like me and a friend of mine have this one quote where we say life begins at eight years old because Loki also have like a personal story where like something intense happened, like, like something good intense. Because you know, like when people are like something intense happened when I was eight, like, oh my god, are you right? But like life begins, life begins at eight years old. Bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of my earliest memories of things, and that's all I can remember. Literally, just like reading books. It's really strange, but yeah. Or like your parents into academia in any way or like are they my dad i would say yeah my dad said um he has a phd but my mom not so much but my dad was always heavily involved in like school work so he would i remember when i was in primary school every time my dad would actually check my notebooks if i had done my homework or he would spend time with me yeah, so it was a lot of my dad, because he would always say how he grew up and he didn't have somebody to guide him because um, I mean, my dad grew up um, was colored, so his parents didn't um, complete school. So he didn't really have a, a lot of direction in life. And he always said that like, yeah, so he makes sure that we would have that direction. It's so crazy, like how worlds apart our parents' lives are and ours. You know, like how they grew up and how we grew up. It's like, wow, we we complain about. Oh my god, is there wi is there Wi Fi here? So wait, so wait, 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 where did you grow up actually? Did I was born in South Africa, but then when I was like five, we moved to Malaysia, and then so my mom is Malaysian, and then um, we lived there for a couple of years, and then when I was around nine, something around that age, we moved to Saudi Arabia, and I spent a big portion of my life in Saudi Arabia. And then, like, out of, out of all three places, where's your favorite? Don't be biased. Be like, South Africa, obviously. Honestly, Cape Town is literally my favorite place. Like, I didn't actually um, know Cape Town, or I didn't really know where I was from when I was growing up for a majority of my life. Because my dad, for example, like, he didn't teach us how to speak Afrikaans. Um, and we didn't also travel back home but when I moved there, because I moved to Cape Town when I started UCT in like 2016, around that time. And that's when I really got to know like what it means to be like South African and I get to know South Africa. And I've, I've, I've loved South Africa ever since then. Like I would love to go back. It's just, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, things aren't that great in South Africa. But otherwise, I really love Cape Town. Things aren't that great in what sense? Like politics-wise load shedding, currency, economy, etc, etc. 
Gee, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I I do recognize that I'm saying this from a you know position of privilege that I get to choose where I want to, what struggles I want to deal with, and yeah. But unfortunately, I wish things were better for South Africa. Uh, I didn't mention in the intro, uh, but you're currently in Cyprus. No, not Cyprus. Sorry, Austria. Currently in Austria, so I can't imagine like from an international lens. And also, like, how's the sentiment? Like, what's the com- What's the first thing people say when you're like, "I'm from South Africa," or like, "I have ties in South Africa." Like, don't like what? what what's the first question? Most people have no idea. To be very honest, like the people I've met so far, like sometimes one person actually asked me, like, um, I was like, "Oh, I'm from South Africa," and they were like, "Okay, so which country in Africa?" And I was like. Oh wow! Yeah, like no, I can tell. I know where. Like it could be, but like, what's the actual country? Most people don't really know. I would say that. Yeah, like I would say that even most people don't know like how gorgeous it is. Like when I show people photos, they're always like, "Oh my god, what? Like this is Africa." Who were your early role models and sources of inspiration during your childhood? I'm not sure. Maybe my parents, because that's who I looked up to, who took care of me. Like, my parents always encouraged me and my sister to just follow our passions and do what makes us happy. Like, that's one thing my dad always um, said to me and my sister, that when you choose a career or when you want to do something, do what makes you happy. As long as it doesn't, um, you know, harm you. Or you're not doing something illegal, etc. Beyond academics, were there any childhood hobbies or experiences that contributed towards you going into megatronics? Hmm, experiences. I remember, like, like whenever my parents would travel, they would always make it a point to take us to like the science museums or like the history museums and. I think through that we had like there was this culture of like learning in our household that was very important. So it was very important to learn about history and you know everything that was going on with the world. And that's what I think is why I chose this career. Yeah. And then another question I have to ask you is a lot of people don't know what exactly is mechatronics mechatronics is basically like a combination of mechanical engineering and electrical engineering so think of like any system nowadays like robotics for example that is literally like an example of mechanical engineering and electrical engineering and software engineering all coming together and making this system that's like with a mechatronics engineering degree, you can pretty much go into sort of any direction that you really want to. It's sometimes called like the jack of all trades of engineering. I've heard some people say that. So if you're interested in a lot of things, then I would say that like a mechatronics engineering degree is very, very, it's a good option. But like, why that one specifically? For Ethereum Miller. I mean, I mean, you could you could have gone into computer engineering right immediately, 
I could have. I probably could have. But at the time, because the only, I remember talking to my dad about this and I was like, I don't want to go into mechanical engineering. I'm not interested in anything mechanical. I'm not interested in purely electrical. Wasn't interested in civil engineering. So I knew what I was not interested in. So from there, the options were like, okay, there was software engineering, there was mechatronics, there was, um, yeah, that was what, and for me, mechatronics sound, sounded really interesting. And I think it was also, it's still a relatively new degree. Out of, out of the three branches, or would it be four branches of mechatronics? Because it's... It's the electrical engineering like current. It's the low-key mechanical engineering and software engineering, certainly. It's like you guys have to deal with like a lot of software. Out of those three branches, which one do you think, if you had to pick one of them to like just continue doing? The rest of the I would be right? fine with either electrical or software, but definitely not mechanical. That's not really my... Yeah, it's not really for me... Reflecting on your early education, can you recall a particular challenge or obstacle you faced and how did you overcome it? I feel like the only thing was the UCT. Like, UCT was so tough. That was, like, my one challenge. Like, every day that I was at UCT, I always literally thought, like, am I going to complete this degree? Like, what, what is, what is it, what is it about it specifically that just felt like? I would say that maybe it's because of my like high school education. So I went to school in Saudi Arabia and when I was at UCT and hearing from other people how their school education was, it was wildly different from my own. Like in Saudi Arabia, like for example, they don't really prioritize education for women as much. So it was very like come in memorize what you need to like there wasn't really focus on like understanding there wasn't these like clubs there wasn't these like debate clubs we don't have any of those things it was just like come to school because you're legally supposed to be here learn memorize do your exams and go home and that was it yeah like i remember one time being in the lab in first year and this girl was actually saying how yeah i did all of these things in, in my high school and that was the first time seeing a lot of the things for me. So that's why, like, UCT was a big... It was a really yeah. big difference for me. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. So now, is it... Is how education prioritized for boys in Saudi Arabia? Like, it's... it's Is, is it a gender difference? A different... Difference? What's the word? Um, Like... In the Western world or in a lot of countries, education is about like, hey, let's, you know, talk about the subject and let's um, learn to think critically. But in Saudi or in Asia, for example, they don't prioritize that. They prioritize memorizing, so rote learning. So you don't have the skill of critical thinking. And that for me was really difficult when I first joined UCT because we weren't taught to think that way. You were taught to just memorize oh, it, okay. regurgitate it on an exam. Yeah. 
low key maybe i think i think i think that's 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 a big thing that people that go through the basic education system in south africa i think south africa is kind of similar to that and that where it may differ would be like with certain private schools whereby like they emphasize like how to think and how to learn which is like the critical thinking aspect of it because even with the basic education system in SA, um, I tell like a lot of our clients that if you really do want to do well, then just do like 20 pass papers. Cause, and if you understand that, you'll basically get like a very decent mark in the exam. Cause it's basically like rock memorization and regurgitate, bro. Like just, it's, it's okay. You don't, you don't, you don't really need to learn how to think. And then once you get in an environment where you, need to exercise critical thinking and that muscle just isn't trained there's a lot of self-doubt that comes with it like am i am i critical thinking correctly am i not critical thinking correctly so now what's your journey from i guess primary school in i don't know if you did a bit of primary school in sa before moving to malaysia or did you like do primary school in Malaysia? And then carry on from there. So I did primary school in Malaysia because I was born in South Africa, and then I stayed. I did kindergarten in South Africa, and then moved to Malaysia and did school over there, and then did like high school in Saudi Arabia. Oh, okay. So like, wow. So kindergarten SA, primary Malaysia, high school Saudi world tour bro and then varsity you went somewhere else where did you where did you go i did like one year in cyprus but i didn't like it and i told my mom like yeah no this is not for me like not not the degree program because i did do mechatronics but i just hated the country no no shade to cyprus or anything i just it wasn't for me and i didn't enjoy staying there and i couldn't imagine living there for another like three or four years to finish the degree so I told my mom I was like just did not enjoy this like the system for me and like so we had um the university was on like the Turkish side of Cyprus which is not really recognized as a country at the moment um and so the university was from Turkey and sometimes they would have classes and the lecturers would be speaking in like Turkish and like, I just didn't, I don't enjoy that whole, it was just not for me. I don't know. In most of my classes, I was the only girl. Oof, tough. And then how, how did that, how did that impact any form of imposter syndrome? like being a girl in STEM and like you're the only one or there's like a few of you? Uh, I don't know. It felt very like I remember in one of my classes, the mechanical drawing classes, this lecturer, because I was sitting right in front and he was handing out homework to every single person, but every single person would get a different drawing to do. And I was the only girl in that class. And I literally remember him looking at me and said, oh, you're the only girl. I'll give you the easiest one. Oh, wow. I'm sorry, but th- that's not how I want to be treated. But at the end of the day, I was like, I just don't see myself being here for that long. Yeah. And then you leave Cyprus, you go to SA, and then you're in UCT 2016, and then undergrad. 
<clears throat> what would you say like your the best moment was for you during your undergraduate? I think maybe making it to final year was like the best moment and also graduating was like because I remember when I finished my degree and you know when you open up the portal to see your marks that's usually like the most traumatizing thing being at UCT (laughs) 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 but on my like Uh, final semester uh, I opened that up and it was like like you know it says like yeah you graduated I was like whoa like and I closed it and then I opened it again and I was like, refresh, like, is this true? Like, like that was just, it's a nice university to be at. Like the community and the people that you meet are really once in a lifetime. But once you're done, it's also even greater. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. If you, if you, yeah, so I'll see like best moments. We have to go the other way. Worst moments. I'm saying we, we just like had a moment with like the best moment. Now, now the worst moment. My worst moment. There was a year at UCT where I was just struggling with like my mental health was literally the worst. And I had failed like three courses. Yeah, I would say that that was the worst time at UCT for me because my mental health was just like, I was not coping. Yeah, I was. everything was just a struggle. Everything was just a struggle. But I got help. I went to therapy. Things were fine after that. Oh, okay. Because my follow-up question was going to be, how did you, what proactive steps did you, take on to get better so therapy was one of them was there anything else that you therapy my so i went to individual therapy and group therapy and i think that's what really helped me because when i first joined uct i was very much into this whole like yeah i'm gonna do everything by myself like you know i don't need anyone and that obviously didn't work after some time and then after i got to therapy what my therapist was really saying was that you need community to survive and ever since then it's I've always made sure that I have community around me because once I went to group therapy I realized that like yeah it's I'm not the only one struggling or feeling this way there's actually a whole bunch of people who feel the same way and it's much easier to get through things when you're with other people that's very very true yeah the worst the worst the worst thing you could definitely like like I'm the only person like there's 300 people in this lecture venue and I'm literally the only person that's like because I genuinely felt that when like after when I first joined UCT I was like no I'm like the only person struggling like but no that's that's not true it's so so with oh yes yes okay so just to like continue the timeline so undergrad best moment worst moment and then you you graduate your bachelor's of honors, right? The research that you did during your honors year, what was it about? And why because like, I don't know if you know, but last year of um undergrad was COVID. Yeah, so everybody basically had to do like a software based um project since nobody was allowed to like be on campus. And I basically chose something 
Like I knew I wanted to do something with MATLAB because that was what I was most comfortable with. And I didn't like, like there were things I knew that I didn't want to do. Like, for example, I didn't want to do anything related to control because I was not very much interested in that. So I chose things based on things that I knew I could do, like the software that I could use and the lectures that I knew I got along with. Because like being at home and also like dealing with COVID and homeschool was not, it was, it was not really the best year. And how was, how was your experience of COVID, especially since it was your final year? Did it in any way make school more yeah it it made school definitely more stressful i remember in like the so the first semester of final year there was a course or a couple of courses where people were just complaining because the workload was insane um like lecturers were thinking that we're just all at home and doing nothing so they would give us like extra work and I remember there was a whole thing about it. We had to like email the lecturers like, yo, like this is not okay. Like we're not just sitting at home doing nothing. There's also like the thing of some people not being able to focus. And I re- even remember we had like a lab for, was it power electronics or something? I can't remember the name of the course, but so it had changed to obviously an online lab where you literally have to like click um these graphics and move them in a specific way. And that alone, in real life, the lab would have taken probably an hour. But because you're doing it online, everything took so much longer than usual. And also the whole, like, like especially if you live, like I was lucky that, okay, I lived in like um an actual house. But the idea of, I so I never studied at home. I always came home only to sleep and eat and socialize or whatever. But where I would study is I would go to the library. Then there's quiet and focus. But being at home is just, it was not conducive. Yeah, very true, very true, very true. Same here, to be honest with you. Like, home is just chilling stuff. And then like actual like studying, like focus work is somewhere like quiet where you don't have the option to just like oh let me just stay on the bed for like 15 minutes and then i'll get back to it because then i never get back to it cool so covid ends oh my god congratulations you've graduated and then your honors research Uh, what was your research i don't know if you did actually mention like what it actually was you mentioned you you preferred it being in matlab because that was true life. I basically life. made like a virtual labo- laboratory in MATLAB for um, power electronics. Ooh, so fancy. What, what, what is power electronics? So mine was on DC-DC converters. So the buck converter, boost converter, and buck boost converter. That's basically what I did. Very fancy. Very fancy. It just sounds fancy. <laughs> uh, cool. So you finish... Um, you graduate and then how do you end up in Cyprus? What's the timeline on that? Oh, my bad, Austria. Oh, so I was like, nah, I need to leave SA. Wanna... And obviously the way, the easiest way to leave SA is obviously to go to another degree somewhere else, which is basically, so once I, before I actually finished my degree, I started applying literally like everywhere. And then my dad sends me this link to this like university in Austria somewhere here where I'm staying right now 
you know, I apply. I really like their program. They have a really cool program. They have some cool like labs and stuff. And they were actually one of the first universities to reach out to me because like during that time, COVID was so everything was just like all over the place. And I needed basically an answer like ASAP. And they were one of the universities that replied to me as soon as possible. And I got in, got accepted. So I started the visa process. Like other universities eventually also reached out. But like I said, it would have taken them because universities in Europe all start in like October but then you finish in South Africa in December and you don't even have your papers yet over there but the visa process takes like six months or even longer so that the whole trying to time the whole thing was just insane yeah and you add the complexity of COVID also because everything's just like everything was closed during COVID. Like embassies were just like, yeah, we're not, we're not operating, and I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, and then you get enrolled for your masters in Austria. What is your masters? So my masters is basically, um, it's called systems design, and then you get to choose. Well, I think right now they actually changed the syllabus. You only have two specializations but so when i joined there was basically four specializations and i chose mechatronic systems which is basically like robotics so it's a lot of control it's a lot of um systems design and robotics all in one okay cool so what would someone with that skill set do i suppose and like you can work in like um with, for example, microcontrollers, or you can work in, because they also have an embedded specialization. They also have a control system specialization. Um, so it's really up to you. If you like control, if you like embedded, and if you like robotics, those are, it's a good, it's a good degree to be in. And it's closely linked to my bachelor's, so it wasn't that difficult of a transition, I would say. Because there are some people in my class who did a bachelor's in something completely different, but then wanted to switch careers. So they... Um, Something different in what sense? um, Some of them were, like, managers, like, the age... For the people in my class was like really like some people were in their forties, some people were like twenty something. Uh, is this for your masters or your undergrad? No, for my masters. Oh, like I even had um, colleagues that did their uh, bachelor's in mechanical engineering, but then wanted to switch and do more like a little bit of electrical uh, or like microcontroller, for example. So they yeah. chose this master's degree. I can't imagine like how big of a leap that is, because eh? the philosophies are just like so different between mechanical and electrical slash software. And then, if you were to contrast the best of UCT, the best of I need to get the name of your university right. Don't say it. Corinthia. If you were to apply like the two universities and the nature of the faculties, which which edge is it, or like what's the best? That I would say that like has? currently at my masters, like the laboratories that they have are really really cool. 
they have these like um, robotic labs and it's very like decked out tech wise and the degree program is also more flexible I would say because the thing is I also can't compare what a master's at UCT is like but a master's here in Austria is more flexible so you can work and study at the same time like even though I'm studying full-time I'm also working which is it made the schedule makes it very possible to do that whereas with at UCT I remember it was like full-on every day eight to five or six it was a very hectic schedule so if you studied at uct you were studying at uct for <laughs> yeah you study at uct full time that's hilarious because i did see like on one of the your books and stuff that like for some of the um just like all of their program most of their programs is like it is not possible to work and do this they actually said impossible like impossible and I was like, huh, that's like very braggadocious, you know what I mean? Like impossible, really? Yes, that's literally what it is. Like, it's impossible to do this with anything else. You just need to be just booking your nose. Booking your nose, nose in your book. Because I can't give up like two or three years of my life just to finish a degree. Like, that's yeah. great if you can, but nobody can really do that. People need to sustain themselves. With work, um, well, like, what work do you do, and is it relates to your field? Or you like, are you studying your masters and being a waitress because people tend to do that? <laughs> no, so, um, all my jobs basically have been related, except for the first one that I had over here in Austria. But um, so two out of the three jobs that I have are related to what I'm studying. So the job that I'm doing right now is basically um, writing software to test the microcontrollers that they have at the company and yeah it's very much related to what i'm studying um with that software is it like what what language is it, is it assembly no it's actually python hmm. yes like a lot of companies these days are using python it's much easier it's faster and then which programming language would you say is the love of your life like this is i use python like during undergrad and then i use it again in my masters for some small projects but i've in the last um my previous job and this job that i've had they've both used python and i've got to say that like i've really really fallen in love with the language like it's really nice and it's very easy it's very flexible there's so much you can do with the language yeah i highly yeah. recommend to learn python Work-life integration. How's that? Um, you because like it's. I mean, it's a hectic schedule. As much as like you can be like, yeah, like I work and like <laughs> the university allows me to like work and like study. But you know, where does that leave space for like personal life? And how do you make sure that you're not a weirdo, basically? I would say that like here in Austria, it's different than South Africa. Like, for one, if you're in your master's, 
everybody's working. Like 98% of my class was working while studying in the master's. And I also live in a fairly small town. Um, like where my master... So the first year that I was here, I was living where the university was. And that was literally like 30,000 people in the town. And so I moved to a different town right now, which is like 30 minutes away. And it's like 100,000 people, but it's still fairly small. So it's yeah, not true. really hard to have a social life. Like I bump into people all the time that I know. <laughs> and how's the socially, how, how are like the people? Mm. I think there's that whole stereotype about like Europe being a little bit colder than other like warmer countries which is i mean it's it's a little bit true they are it's not so easy to make friends with the locals i would say but you get by you meet a lot of other international people and you create your own community as long as you know a little bit of the language you'll be fine is the language austrian it's german yes. oh wow <laughs> of course, of course. There's like I, I literally knew like I'm genuinely being very ignorant. Just like, like Austrian, just like take the country and then add an e into it. Oh, okay, it's German. It's German. Hmm. Um, are they? And another is like literally like just me just asking questions that no one really cares about, but like I care about these questions because they're important to me. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's. Austrian. So is that accent common or is it just native to like the small town that he's from? Or do you like meet someone and you're like, oh my goodness, you're speaking English like that, dude? Um, I would say a little bit, but not everybody speaks like that. Maybe not as strong. And then beyond your current achievements, what personal goals do you have for your future? Where it's like, okay, cool. As soon as I hit this, when I do this, a theory you want. You, you want honestly i just want to have a good well-balanced life because like the career and everything that's all it's fun it's nice on paper right people are always gonna be like oh wow wow you do this and this and that blah 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 but what i really want is to just have a balanced life um i want to travel a little bit more see more places and yeah that's pretty much like I don't, I'm not trying to like be like a billionaire or something that's not in my goals. I just want to be happy and content with my life. Yeah, the whole like work life, especially when it comes to women, it's, it's genuinely a lot more complex than it is for guys. Because like, do you want to have kids? But as a guy, like you can have a kid like at 70, if like you just want to get that out the way. Yeah, you, you can also like as a guy have a, child at like 20 25 and somebody else will take care of the child for you that's the reality yes yes patriarchy is nice sometimes <laughs> sucks for you but like it's, kind of it's the truth though sometimes. it's just the reality like and for me it's like i've always not been interested i haven't been interested in like starting a family anytime soon so I don't really, that's not in my plan at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
it's, 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 I don't know. It's not a controversial question to ask lately, but it's like, it's not loaded either, but it's a weighted, it's a weighted question to like, like in today's climate, it's very like, oof, you know, cause I mean, I, I watched Bob. <laughs> Uh, it, it moved me, bro. Yeah, like, was that like the beginning <laughs> of just like, oh my god, mind blown? Yeah, like, this whole time, what? <laughs> like, what? It took a whole what? entire Barbie movie for you. Listen, you know what I mean. Art is art, bro, and deliver. <laughs> All right. Um. Very last question. Sorry, like my favorite question. If there was a billboard. That the whole world wouldn't, that the entire, the entire world would see, and you can only put one piece of advice on it. What would it be? Be kind. Clutch. 